0: section twenty four of obermann this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. obermann by etienne pivert de senancour translated by arthur edward waite eighteen forty seven to nineteen forty two sixth year letters thirty six and thirty seven letter thirty six leon april seven six uplifted mountains headlong fall of accumulated snows lone piece of the valley in the forest sere leaves which the silent runnel takes onward what would ye be to man if ye spake not to him of other men nature would be mute did they exist no more if i remained the last of all my race what impression could be exercised upon me by the rumours of the austere night the solemn silence of the great valleys the light of the sun setting over calm waters in a heaven suffused with melancholy nature is perceived only in its correspondences with humanity and the eloquence of external things is nothing but the eloquence of man the fruitful earth the vast heavens the flying waters are but an expression of the relations which our hearts produce and contain perfect conformity intimacy of the old attachments when the hand of a friend was recognized in the superscription of a letter by him who was boundless in his love had he eyes left to examine at such a moment the beauty of a prospect or to compute the height of a glacier but the relationships of human life have increased since then the perception of such relations has become unsettled restless full of coldness and repellency ever is the old friendship remote from our hearts or from our destiny between hope and caution between the delights that we expect and the bitterness that we experience bonds of union are left incomplete familiarity itself is frustrated by weariness or destroyed by sharing or arrested by circumstance man grows old and his discouraged heart ages before himself if all that he can love be in man all that he would avoid is in man also there where he finds so many social felicities there and by an inevitable necessity he discovers all discordances hence one who fears more than he hopes remains to some extent alienated from his kind things without life exercise a lesser sway but they are more truly ours because they are that which we make them they offer less than we seek but we are more certain to find in them when we so choose that which they do contain in a word the gifts of mediocrity limited but yet assured passion seeks out man reason sometimes finds itself compelled to abandon him for things which are less excellent and less baneful a powerful bond is established in this manner between man and that friend of man selected outside his own species and yet so well assorted because he is less than we are but more than things inanimate were it needful for man to choose a friend at chance it would be far better for him to take one from among the race of dogs rather than that of men the last of his own kind would bring him fewer consolations and less peace than the least of these animals and when a family is in the loneliness not of the desert but of isolation when those feeble suffering beings who have so many means of being wretched and so few of being contented who have moments only for enjoyment and a day only for life when father and wife when mother and daughters are without affability without any bond of union when they decline to interest themselves in the same things when they know not how to endure the same miseries and to hold up at equal distances the chain of misfortunes when by self-seeking or ill-humour each of them suspending his concurrence lets it drag heavily over the rugged ground tracing the long furrow in which the briars that rend them all spring up with threatening profusion o men what are you then for man when the act of kindness the word of peace of benevolence of generous forgiveness are received with disdain with sour temper with freezing indifference o universal nature so hast thou ruled it that virtue may manifest its greatness and that the heart of man may become still better and more resigned under the weight which threatens to overwhelm it letter thirty seven Lyon, may two six there are moments when i could despair of enduring the unrest which torments me then everything whirls me away and carries me forward with irresistible force from this height i fall back in dismay and am lost in the abyss which it has opened if i were absolutely alone moments like these would be beyond bearing but it seems that the labour of describing to you what i feel softens the effect thereof to whom else could i unbosom myself thus who else would tolerate the wearisome loquacity of a gloomy mania of a sensibility so unprofitable my one pleasure is to narrate all that i am unable to say except to you all that i should not wish to unveil to another and that no other could desire to hear of what consequence to me is the extent of my letters the longer they are and the greater the time which i spend over them the more valuable they are to me and if i err not the bulk of the packet has never yet dismayed you we spend hours at a time in conversation why should we not write for a couple it is not my intention to reproach you you write at less length because you are more concise in your manner of expression besides your occupations fatigue you and you enjoy correspondence less even with those whom you love you say that you have things to tell me in private but i who am a hermit or at least a fantastic dreamer have nothing in reality to say and yet i say it at twice the length all that runs through my head all that i should recite in conversation i set down if opportunity offer but all that i think all that i feel i write of necessity it is indeed a necessity for me when i cease to do so conclude that i no longer feel anything that my soul is extinct that i've grown tranquil and reasonable that at last i spend my days in eating sleeping and card-playing i should in truth be more happy i could wish that i followed some calling it would exercise my muscles and soothe my brain no mere talent could be so serviceable and yet if i knew how to paint i have a notion that i should be less restless long have i dwelt as in a stupor and i awake with reluctance more tranquil than my present dejection was my dejection then of all the fleeting and dubious moments when i believed in my simplicity that we were born on the earth to live here none have left behind them such ineffaceable memories as some twenty days of forgetfulness and hope when about the vernal equinox hard by the torrent facing the rocks betwixt the joyous hyacinth and the modest violet i roamed imagining that it would be granted me to love i touched what i was never to clasp without bent without hope i might have vegetated weariful but at peace i was conscious dimly of human energy but in my darksome life i supported my slumber what baleful power has opened to me the vistas of the world only to deprive me of the consolations of the void carried away by an overflowing activity thirsting to love all to sustain all to console all at strife for ever between the longing to see an alteration in so many baneful things and the conviction that they will in no case be changed i am left wearied with the evils of life and indignant at the faithless allurement of pleasures the eye always dwelling on the vast conglomeration of hatreds iniquities opprobrium and miseries of the distracted earth such i am and here is my twenty-seventh year the best of the days are over but i have not even seen them wretched in the age of felicity what am i to expect for later seasons i have passed in the void and the weariness all the happy period of confidence and of hope constrained and suffering in everything with an empty and afflicted heart i have arrived while yet young at the regrets of old age accustomed to behold under my barren steps the withering of every flower of life i am like those dotards from whom everything has taken flight But even less blessed than they i have lost all long before i have myself ended having still a hungry soul i cannot repose in this silence of death memory of years long gone of things blotted out for ever of scenes which will not be revisited of men who have changed consciousness of life that is lost what places ever were for me that which they have been for others what times were tolerable and under what sky have i found the repose of the heart i have seen the tumult of cities and the vacuity of the rural places and the austerity of the mountains i have known the crassness of ignorance and the agony of the arts i have been familiar with unprofitable virtues and unimportant successes i have marked how all good things are swallowed up in all things evil i have observed men and destiny ever unequal deceiving themselves unceasingly and in the unbridled strife of all passions the execrable victor receiving as the guerdon of his triumph the heaviest fetters of those evils which he has contrived to bring about were a man in conformity with misfortune i should pity him far less and considering the shortness of his span i should despise for him as for myself the torment of a day but all things good encompass him but all his faculties constrain him to enjoy but all cries to him be happy and man answers let happiness be for the brute art science glory grandeur be these mine his mortality his misfortunes his crimes themselves are the least portions of his misery i lament his losses that calm that free choice that union that peaceful possession i lament a century squandered by millions of beings in anxieties and repression amidst that which might constitute immunity liberty joy in this life of bitterness on a voluptuous earth because man has longed for imaginary blessings and exclusive advantages all this notwithstanding is little half a century ago it was to me as nothing half a century to come and for me it will again be nothing i remarked once on a day if the restoration of a circumscribed and isolated country to primordial manners be outside the scope of my destiny if i must compel myself to forget the world and must think that i am reasonably fortunate if i obtain tolerable days for myself upon this bewrayed earth then i seek only one blessing one shadow in this dream whence i never wish to awake there remains upon earth such as it now is one illusion which still can deceive me it is only one i must be wise enough to permit it to delude me the rest is not worth the pains that is what i then said but chance alone could bestow on me such an inestimable error chance is dilatory and uncertain but life rapid and irrevocable its spring passes and this cheated necessity by wasting my life must at length alienate my heart and transform my nature at times already i am conscious of growing sour i am irritated my affections are becoming narrow impatience may yet make me fierce of will and a species of contempt bears me onward towards grand but austere designs nevertheless bitterness of this kind does not continue by any means invariably in full force i let myself go in the end as if i felt that men so languid that things so doubtful and that my life so short deserve not the disquietude of a day and that a full awakening is useless when one must so soon fall asleep for ever end of section twenty four